Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and you're listening to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast. Today, you're listening to Pastor Stephen's sermon titled, Where There's Light, There's Life, coming out of Mark chapter 4. Light and life are connected. Where there is light, there is life. And that's the title of my message this morning. You know, God arranged our way or our days in such a way where there are hours of sunlight to wake and to live. And then he turns off the light by rotating the earth so that we're now in the shadow of the sun. And he gives us night as a gift. Why did he give us night? To recharge, to get some rest and to get some sleep and to recharge our batteries. Now think about it though. For thousands of years... People had to rely on torches, they had to rely on lanterns, they had to rely on candles for light during the night. And it's only really been about the last hundred years or so that electricity has gone all over the world. You, you see an image behind me here. This is from a, uh, a NASA satellite, and this is the true nighttime picture of the United States of America, North America. You can see some Canada, some Mexico there, the majority of the United States. Have you noticed that the biggest, brightest lights are big cities? I mean, I can see Atlanta right there. My goodness, that looks like the airport in Atlanta, doesn't it? You see Jacksonville over there a little. You, move down, you see Orlando. Go west, there's Dallas, there's Houston. You go north all the way, you see Chicago all the way up there. And then you move over to the eastern coast. And do, do you know what? This is a picture of, of what we've just said, woven into the fabric, that where there is light, there's life. Because these big lights, these brighter lights, I mean, there are a lot more folks that live in these big cities. And so as a result of that, light and life. You can look and you can see some pretty dense or dark places there. Not a lot of life there. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those folks in Idaho or Wyoming or anything like that. I'm just making a point here. But listen, listen. You can tell where people live in concentration by the lights. Light and life. I share that picture with you because I want you to know that Jesus Christ, according to what we read in Scripture, Jesus Christ gives us light and he gives us life. In the beginning, before there was even creation, there was no light there was only chaos. There was only darkness. The very first recorded words in the Bible, let there be light. It's what God said, and it happened. And then on the fourth day, the Bible says this. The Bible says that God took the sun, and he put it in the sky, and he took the moon, and he put it into the sky. And when he finished it all, I don't know, I could just, I could just imagine an angel asking him, um, are we done yet? 
I can just see God saying, yeah, let's call it a day. Yeah, you don't get that, do you? It's biblical humor. I give you more credit than I probably should. First service didn't get it either. I should have scratched it. But I just thought you guys, a little bit more life to you. Genesis 1 and John chapter 1, I mean, they're almost exactly the same. Genesis chapter 1 tells us this. It tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then you go over to John chapter 1, and it begins this way. In the beginning was the Word. And then we start seeing that, hey, this source of light, even in the beginning, Jesus. This source of life, even in the beginning, Jesus. If you have your Bibles this morning, take them. Go to John chapter 1. I want us to look at two verses, and if you don't have a Bible, no worries. The scripture will be on the screen. And let me just go ahead and say this as well. If you don't own a copy of God's Word, you don't have your own Bible, if you'll come out there to the Welcome Center, we would be happy to give you one. Just say, hey, can I have a Bible? And if you're watching online or you're watching through television or whatever and you don't have a Bible, just send an email to info at highlandpark.org, and all you have to say is Bible, and we'll be happy to send you one. Uh, I've, told the, uh, I've told the leaders in this church, we'll bankrupt this church giving away free Bibles. Thankfully, because you're giving, we don't have to. John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, I want you to look at what it says. In him, now the him there is Jesus. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. So with that being said this morning, I want us to look at this light of Jesus Christ, and I want us to look at three ways that the light of Jesus, uh, it behaves, right? The ways it works. First of all, Jesus' light illuminates. His light illuminates. You can continue reading in John. You're going to come down to John chapter 8. And in John chapter 8, it tells the story of Jesus being there in Jerusalem at the Feast of Tabernacles. He was standing in the temple court near the treasury. An interesting thing would happen whenever they would celebrate the the Feast of Tabernacles. They They would do this ritual called the Temple Illumination. They had four very high poles, each 70 feet high, and each pole had a lamp on the top of it, these oil lamps that contained five gallons of olive oil. These huge lamps, they would take the used uh, clothing of the priest and they would use them as wicks in these lamps. The young priest, they would make them every day, climb 70 feet to make sure they were full and to light them. Now history, I'm not even talking about biblical history, but it's been verified through other historians. Eyewitnesses say that at the Feast of Tabernacles, when they would light these four 70 foot tall lamps, it would literally illuminate all of Jerusalem. And it's against the backdrop of those lamps and the Feast of Tabernacles that in John chapter 8, Jesus said, you think this is light? 
I'm the light of the world. Anybody follows me, he says, will not walk in darkness. That just like those four lamps would illuminate that entire holy city, Jesus is saying, my light will illuminate your life. Illumination's good. Illumination's needed. Throughout the years, Jennifer and I have gone to eat at restaurants where they would have it so dim and dark, you couldn't even read the menu. It seems as though they do that more today than they did when I was younger. I have a theory behind that. The dimmer and darker the restaurant, the more expensive the cost of food. But you know, several years ago, a neat little thing started happening. I started walking around with this smart device in my pocket. Now, before I had it in my pocket, I actually had it clipped on the side of my belt so everyone would know I had one. You remember some of you guys actually walked around with it on the side of your ear, talking randomly to people that were not even there. And I can remember I used to be embarrassed to go and, oh my goodness, I can't read what this says. And then all of a sudden you pull out that smart device and it's got a flashlight on it. And you, you turn it on, you illuminate the menu. Oh my goodness, they're filet mignon, $60. I'll have the cube steak, please. I'm not embarrassed anymore. I do it all the time now. Matter of fact, I turn it on and I'll use it to illuminate something and most of the time I slide it back in my pocket without turning the flashlight off. And my kids are like, Dad, you got your flashlight on. Oh, sorry, I didn't know that. You know what else this smart device will do? I can email people from it. I can text people from it. I can take pictures with it and store them on it. I can listen to music on it. I, I, can, I can get directions on it. I can pull up the weather on it and the news on it. I can even play games on it. And I'm gonna tell you something else I found out the other day. You may not know this. It really shocked me. It's amazing. You can even talk on it. You can call people from it and talk to them. But boy, carrying that around and that little flashlight and you illuminate, oh my goodness, here's what's here. Look at what it says. In the very same way, Jesus is saying here that I illuminate my light in your life. And just as we need a good light to read, we need the illumination of Jesus to empower us when it comes to understanding the word of God. That before a person comes to Christ, their understanding is darkened. But as they truly begin to seek the Lord, maybe this is you today, as they truly begin to seek the Lord, all of a sudden God begins to illuminate their minds and it's almost like the light comes on. That's his light. This light of the world illuminates into our lives. But then there's a second way that his light works. His light exposes. This would have been an easy one to stay away from, but it's true. His light exposes. What does it expose? It exposes our lives and the sin in our lives. 
A lot of times we sit there and we think, well, the deeds that we do that are done in darkness are hidden from everyone else, but yet God sees and knows. His light shines through our lives and shines through our hearts to reveal our sin. How do we know this? Listen to what Jesus said. This is in Mark chapter 4, verse 22. There is nothing hidden that will not be revealed and nothing hidden that will not be brought to light. It exposes. That's what light does. It exposes. Just a few days ago, I was texting with my dentist who goes to church here, one of our life group leaders here in the church, one of our uh, trustees, and I was texting with him, and I said, hey, I've been reading about these high-powered binocular loops that have a high-density light. And he responded, boy, you must be bored. But I was reading about how light is used in the world that we live in. And I'm like, hey, Doc, I want to know, do you use those high-density, high-powered loop lights when you're looking into my mouth? Do you use that? And he says, yeah, I do. Because it gives better vision. Helps him see things that otherwise might be hidden. Helps him identify the true problem of what's causing your pain. Can I put it in layman terms? Make sure he doesn't feel the wrong tooth. And that's key, isn't it? And so in the very same way, the the light of Jesus Christ exposes sin in our life, exposes that there is a problem. And that's the way that God uses that convicting light of the very Holy Spirit of God. I've heard folks say this. You can fool others, but you cannot fool what? Yourself. You can fool others, but you cannot fool yourself. Can I tell you that's not true? You can fool yourself. Many different places throughout the Bible, it talks about self-deception. For future reading, if you want to go to James 1.22, it talks a lot about it right there. That self-deception happens when you think that nobody knows about your secret sin. You think that you've gotten away with your secret sin. And the truth is that you can fool others. You can even fool yourself, but you cannot fool God. And sometimes we are so arrogant and we think that we're pretty good people. Really, you know what we think? We think that everybody else thinks that we're pretty good people. Well, we're good at one thing. What is that? Hiding our faults. How would it be this morning if all of a sudden after the music stopped, a spotlight shined directly on you? And I stood up and I said, hey, listen, last Sunday you didn't know it. But we selected you out of everyone in the second service. We followed you around this week with a hidden camera. First of all, many of you would be like, glad I wasn't here last week. (laughs) That we followed you around all week with a hidden camera and we videoed all that you did, everything that you said. And we've also got a special camera. We were able to capture everything you thought. And now we're going to play it back on the big screens. How would you react? 
Let's make it a little bit easier. What if we just said this? We're not going to do all week. We'll just do the last 48 hours. How would you? How would you react? Mm. Every thought, every harsh word, every lust, every secret loathing of a person on the screens. We get to watch it. First, I don't think you'd probably stay around very long to watch it. And secondly, if you did, you'd probably lose a little bit of that spiritual swagger that you walked down the mall way with this morning. Now, the good news is this. We're not going to show that movie. But we do have it, and we're holding it for, you know, never know what the future No, we don't have a movie, okay? My goodness, I don't want to read your mail. I don't want you reading my mail. You know what I'm saying? The reality is we've all fallen short, every single one of us. We're not going to show it, but remember, there's nothing hidden from God. I just love you enough to say this. We're not getting away with anything. So his light illuminates. His light gives understanding. His light's like, click. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize that this is what life is. His light exposes what? My sin. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're all a sinner. We had a bunch of, you know, farm animal sinners up here. And, you know, there's just sinners everywhere. But let me give you the third thing that his light does. His light guides. It guides. I want to give you a little uh, a television trivia question right now, and I want to make it sure that you know I don't want you to answer this out loud. There's some of you you don't understand. When I do want you to answer out loud and when I don't want you to answer out loud, this will be one of those times don't answer out loud, okay? What is the longest-running television drama in history? This point gives you a clue. Guiding light. Guiding light, a soap opera, or as my late grandmother called them, her shows. Guiding light, a soap opera on television for 57 years. Before it was on television, it was on the radio. Can you imagine listening to a soap opera on the radio? 72 years altogether. They canceled it in August of 2009. And I'm thankful my grandmother was already in glory when they shut it down. Guiding light. Friend, hear me. Even though they canceled that popular program, Guiding Light, there's another Guiding Light that will never be canceled. It has been in existence from the beginning of time, even before the beginning of time, and it is still active today, and it will never, ever, ever be canceled. I know we live in a day and time where they'll try to cancel good people. We live in a day and a time where they'll try to silence what God's Word says and what someone stands and proclaims what God's Word says. And even though they may cancel them, the Word of God and God's guiding light will never be canceled. So much I want to say, I'll just move on. The reason the Jews lit the huge oil lamps during the Feast of the Tabernacles was to commemorate a time that God used a fiery pillar to guide them through the wilderness. If you want to read about it in the future, you can look at Exodus chapter 13. And in Exodus 13, they're going through the wilderness, right? They, they've just left the uh, Egyptian captivity, the slavery. And they're like, how do we know where to go? 
And God's like, don't worry, I'm going to guide you. I'll give you a cloud during the day. Follow the cloud. The cloud stops, you stop. The, cow, the cloud takes off, you take off. At night, I'll give you this fire, this pillar of fire in the sky. And you go where the fire goes. You stop where the fire stops. And so they're walking around and they're being guided by God, his guidance through those things. And every time I read that, I'm like, wouldn't it be a lot easier if he did that today? That you're sitting there and you get ready to leave this room and then all of a sudden we're like, well, there's God's cloud. Got my name on it right there. I'll follow it where he tells me to go. Oh, it's dark. No worry. Look at the fire. Wouldn't it be great if that's how we knew God's guidance? Listen, we've got a better way. It's better than the cloud. It's better than the fire. You know what it is? It's God's word. God's word is the guiding light. And we're to follow what God's word says. That's the reason why the psalmist said, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. The Bible is not just some uh, magical book full of incantations. So you just open it up and you point your finger at a verse in order to get directions from God. Some people treat it that way and they point to a verse that is totally unrelated to what they need. And then all of a sudden they're like, there's nothing special about the Bible. The Bible is unreliable. The Bible doesn't give, give uh, guidance. The Bible is not alive. But hear me, friends, if you get into God's word every day, and you ask his Holy Spirit, illuminate my minds, illuminate my thoughts, illuminate me, you'll discover that God will give you all the guidance you ever need. And that's his light. His light illuminates in this old dark world. And it's easy for you and I to say, his light's going, oh no, friend. His light's still shining as bright as she ever has. His light exposes my need for a savior. And then his light guides me. True story happened in World War II. In the North Atlantic, there was an aircraft carrier and the aircraft carrier was, uh, was facing danger from enemy submarines. They sent out five of their finest airplanes with five of their finest pilots to scout out and to see if they could spot the enemy submarines. It was nighttime. The captain of the carrier all of a sudden realized, oh my goodness, we're out here and we're exposed. All a submarine has to do is see our light. So he issued a command and he said, every light on this ship is to be extinguished. There is to be a total blackout. And that's what they did. And those five pilots, they finally were making their way home back to the aircraft carrier after trying to find those enemy submarines. And as they got closer, they radioed to the aircraft carrier and they said, we're coming home. Give us some light to land by. The radio operator on the ship said this, I'm sorry. And we're, we're in total blackout. We cannot give you light. As they got closer, one of the other pilots radioed, and he said this. He said, please just give us some light, and we'll land. Again, the order came back. 
It's total blackout. We can't give you some light. As they got closer, in desperation, one of the pilots radioed in, and here's what he said, give us just one light to help us find our way back home. The radio operator on the aircraft carrier with a broken heart said this, I can give you no light. And he shut off the switch. Five brave American pilots, five of America's best, went down that night in the chilly waters of the North Atlantic and the blackness that held them into eternity. You're like, what a tragic story. Why would you tell? It's Christmas. Because here's the point I want you to see. They perished because they had no light. You have a light today. And his name is Jesus. And there's some of you here this morning, you're on that plane. And you're trying to get your way home. Can I just say this? You quit trying to get home. Let go and say, Jesus, I'll trust your light. See, his light is available today to all. Anyone who would come, anyone who would believe. As we've already said, where there's light, that would be Jesus leaving heaven, putting on skin, coming to this earth, walking among us, right? Dying our death, rising from the grave. That his light is available to all who will receive. What about you today? Have you received his light? You know, there are some people who say this. They say, Pastor, well, I hear you talk about the light, and I hear you talk about life, and I hear you talk about Jesus, but the reality is I just don't see it. Well, can I just be truthful? Yeah, you don't see it because you're blind. But how foolish would it be for a blind man to say there is no light simply because he can't see it? That if you want to see the light of Jesus, I'm here to tell you it is available. Light has come into the world. Light was born in Bethlehem. His name, Jesus Christ. The light of the world. And if you'll open up your heart this morning, you'll receive him as Lord. Then all of a sudden what he'll do is he'll pull back that veil of darkness. He will pin it back with a star of hope and he will flood your world with light. And here's the greatest thing. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So we come to a time of the year where we celebrate light coming into the world, the very birth of Jesus. Now let me remind you, that's not when he started. That's simply when he left heaven and put on flesh. But we celebrate that very event. We give gifts, we receive gifts. The perfect example from God the Father giving the best he had 
his one and only son. But friend, I'm here to tell you, he came into this world because he knew you and I could do nothing to get to his. Have you received this light that brings about life? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. I ask you again this question. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with him? That in your life you have surrendered. You have given up control of your life to him. Lordship means ownership. It's not my life, Lord, it's yours. I give it to you. Maybe today, if you were honest, as you examine your own heart, you would say, you know what? I've not, but I want to today. How can I receive salvation that this light brings? Friend, can I just point you to what took place in my own life? Many years ago, I was right where you are. I knew something wasn't right. Every time I would hear a preacher preach, every time someone would share the story of Jesus, even sometimes at random times, just an emptiness there, almost like this just huge weight sitting right on my chest, but it was much deeper than that, sitting on my soul. I can remember thinking, I need Jesus. I need his forgiveness. I need hope that only can come from him. And I can remember one day in a service just like this, as a pastor stood, as I'm doing right now, and he said, if you'll come to Jesus, he'll receive you. If you'll call upon the name of Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. He quoted scripture. Can remember my heart was beating 100 miles an hour and even though there were roughly probably 100, 150 people in that room, and there's a lot more in here today, but boy, it felt like I was all alone. Felt like nobody was there except me and that preacher that was speaking to me. It's like he knew everything that I was going through. And the reality is he knew none of it. But the very Holy Spirit of God did. And the Holy Spirit of God was using his words to speak into my heart. And I can remember thinking, you know what? Today is the day I surrender to Jesus. Maybe you're thinking that right now as well. And I can remember calling out to him. I didn't pray it out loud. I I prayed it right there in my heart. I can remember saying, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I think we've already revealed that this morning through the scripture. His light reveals to us. We're all sinners. I can remember saying that. 
Jesus, I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I cannot forgive my own sin because I don't have the power. But Jesus, you can. I just prayed it right there in my heart. And I said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Please come into my life. I want to follow you, Jesus. I remember praying, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. And I believe that you lived and died, but you rose again. And I can remember saying very clearly, Jesus, to the best that I know how, I want to follow you all the days of my life. It was a confession of faith. It was a surrender. It was a giving up and say, Jesus, I lay all my trust on you. And do you know what, friend? He miraculously saved me that day. I wish I could stand before you and tell you that he made me perfect, but he didn't. I'm not perfect, but I am forgiven. I'm not self-righteous, no, but I am righteous because of Jesus. The most unlikely of candidates, that'd be me. And maybe that's what you're thinking as well. But I'm telling you, based on what Jesus himself said, if you'll call upon him right now, he'll shine a light into your life, and that light will bring true life. Oh, God, all across this room, as you're speaking into hearts through your Holy Spirit right now, God, I know some came in here because they wanted to hear a Christmas musical program. Some came in here because of a grandchild that may be singing or a child or whatever the case may be. Lord, I can't even begin to imagine what it is that drew them here, but I know who drew them here, that it's you, God, and that your plans are greater than any we, we could even begin to fathom or hope for or even dream of. Your, your plans are perfect. And God, today, right now, I pray for those that finally, once and for all, have surrendered to you. I give up. I give up, Jesus. Take it. That God, today, as they surrender to you, you were given the boldness, the courage to share that with someone. Hey, today I gave my life to Jesus. You give them the boldness and the courage to begin following and walking after you and being obedient to you in their lives. A transformation that can only come through the power of your Holy Spirit that lives inside of them. And God, I pray for those others that right now, they're, th they're, they're, they're thinking, well, maybe not today, but maybe later. Oh God, I pray that your convicting power would linger on their hearts and souls. That, oh God, may they not find rest until they surrender to you. But God, would you please linger? Would you please draw? Would you please save? Thank you that while we were in darkness, you loved us enough that you came as light. And Jesus, because of your light, we have life. Praises be unto your name, Jesus. Amen. Hey guys, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to this week's issue of the podcast called Unchangeable Truth. 
Let me encourage you as well, if you get a chance, go check out our website. It's Highland, H-I-L-A-N-D, Park, P-A-R-K, dot org. On that website, you'll learn more about our ministry at Highland Park Baptist Church. You can also listen to some previous sermons, which are archived for the previous year. And as well, if you ever find yourself in Panama City in person, come and check us out. Worship with us live at 2611 Highway 231 North. We would also love to talk to you about Jesus Christ. If you've got any questions regarding your relationship with Him, having faith in Him, or if this podcast has encouraged you, or you have other questions regarding the podcast, feel free shoot us an email at podcast at highlandpark.org. As always, our prayer is that this podcast would point you to Jesus Christ, would increase your faith, and would help you as you mature daily in your walk with Jesus Christ. God bless.